Yeah, very good morning to you. Welcome to the papers with me, Richie Allen. It's Friday and it is the 1st of March. Can I get a yippee? Can I get a resounding yippee from you, dear listener? I don't jest when I say it really does mean quite a bit to me every year. I, 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 I don't think I'm happier at any other time in the calendar year than March 1st. I just love it. I hate the winter. Sounds a bit weird, that, doesn't it? I'm not one for wishing my life away, but I do hate winter. I know that, depending on your perception of calendars and seasons, it might, for you, it might not yet be end of winter. Another couple of weeks, maybe. But for me, the winter is now gone. It is behind us. It's a crisp morning here in Salford. I think a bit overcast, and it is a bit chilly, but um, they're promising us high winds later. Listen, forgive me if I sound a little bit heavy. It's only because I'm whinging again. I'm whinging. I've been saying it now for a couple of weeks. I've had a head cold for a couple of weeks that hasn't gone away really. And it's affecting my sinuses and uh, my voice. I think I'm probably on the downside of it now. At least I hope I am. Because it's a bit of a nuisance. There you are. But um, thankfully it didn't go any further into my respiratory system because I do fear me, I fear the old chest infections but I've been very lucky this winter I haven't been ill at all touch wood, he says as he touches wood anyway, before I go to the front pages of the newspapers, let me acknowledge or mention because the online editions of the British newspapers are full of the Rochdale by election result you know why they call a by election, don't you? or why a by-election is scheduled. Um, well, there are several reasons for it. An MP might have to resign in disgrace. Uh, in this case, in Rochdale, Tony Lloyd, Labour MP, had died, had passed away. A by-election then was called. It um, it was when the by-election was announced, Azar Ali was the Labour candidate Okay, to replace Tony Lloyd. He would have been a shoe-in. Azar Ali would have won by a landslide. However, Labour withdrew its support from him and abandoned him after it had emerged that he had suggested at a meeting that maybe Israel, maybe Israel was responsible for the October 7th attack, that Israel allowed it happen because Israel had plans for the Gaza Strip. Whether that's right or wrong is irrelevant. The fact is Labour withdrew support from Azar Ali and um, he basically then um, was, was, was left on his own, effectively, in Rochdale. Anyway, get to the point, Baldy. I will, I will. Um, George Galloway, campaigning for the Workers' Party, won the election in Rochdale last night. He is now the MP... Uh, he won it by 6,000 votes. There was a 39% turnout in the uh, in this election yesterday. 39%. He won um, with six... He won by... He, he, 12,335 votes was the Labour majority there. He's overturned that and he's won by almost 6,000 votes. Speaking afterwards, Galloway said that this was a vote for a... Uh, for Gaza. Uh, or, uh, he did it for Gaza, effectively, and that this was going to bring about a tectonic shift 
in British electoral politics. He said that this is going to be replicated elsewhere in the country come the general election, which could be a matter of months away. Basically, he's saying that in other areas around the country where there are large Muslim populations, this might happen again because of Labour's stance on Gaza and the Labour Party's basically refusal to condemn the Israeli government for the genocide in Gaza. I've never been a fan of George Galloway. I believe that George Galloway has always, uh, pretty much his entire public life has only ever been interested in one thing, and that's George Galloway. But that's neither here nor there what I think of him. Anyway, as I said, the online editions of the papers full of this result for George Galloway. I will venture this guess, that when the general election is called, Labour will obviously have a candidate in Rochdale, and I believe that will be the end of George Galloway. But that's just my opinion. The Reform UK candidate finished sixth, would you believe? Sixth. We, we were led to believe that Reform is on the rise. This is Richard Toyce and Nigel Farage. But they came sixth. Richard Toyce has made a statement overnight saying that his candidate was intimidated and was threatened violently on the campaign trail. So that's it for my my uh, Rochdale report. But uh, yeah, Galloway will be the MP for the, in the short term anyway, for Rochdale. Okay, let's go straight to the front pages of the UK newspapers. The Guardian. More than 100 Palestinians die in chaos surrounding Gaza aid convoy. There is a lot of coverage of this, again, on the news websites and in the papers today. Now, there are conflicting accounts of what happened there. Gaza health officials are saying more than 100 Palestinians have died. They're saying 112. They say Israeli troops opened fire on crowds who gathered around aid trucks. But the Israelis are saying that is not what happened. We did open fire, and that's because we were attacked, they say. I don't know what happened there. I've, I've, I've got to say that myself. Um, and they say that the, the truck driver fled, floored it, and that some people were run down and that others were trampled in the chaos. That's what the Israelis are saying. But um, it was announced yesterday that more than 30,000 people are now believed dead or believed to have died since the Israeli response to the attack on October 7th. So The Guardian is going with that. The Financial Times headline is Putin menaces West with warnings of nuclear risk in war over Ukraine. So Vladimir Putin in his annual address to the Russian parliament yesterday, um, which was covered by most of the broadcast media and is being covered by the press today. They're all referring to one particular one particular statement made by Putin during his address, and that is that Russia is prepared to push the nuclear button over Ukraine. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, Russia flooding west with migrants, is the headline. What's, what's this about? Well, it also leads on Putin, and they claim that intelligence documents suggest that Vladimir Putin is controlling and weaponizing immigration in Europe with the help of militias in Africa. Now, this is monumental bollocks that Vladimir Putin is somehow, you know, responsible for the immigration issues in Europe and the problems in the UK and in Ireland 
with uh, mass migration. The idea that Putin is behind it is absolute nonsense. Uh, but that's the Telegraph. The Daily Mail, Britain's broken borders is the headline. Uh, again, the Mail leading on Im- immigration, which it does quite often. Uh, the Mail says that a sacked watchdog found shocking migration system failings in Britain. In a, in a report, says the Mail, that was belatedly published by the Home Secretary James Cleverly. We'll leave that. The Sun... Jerry's hubby did send sexts, sexts. Have you ever sent a sext to somebody? I haven't. I've not even sent a sext to my better half. Maybe I should start sending sexts. I don't know. This is about Christian Horner, the boss of the Red Bull Formula One racing team. Uh, He's married to Jerry Halliwell. And he had been investigated because he had been accused of sending inappropriate messages to a female team member. He denied it. There was an internal investigation. It cleared him. But now somebody apparently has released a lot of these messages uh, to independent journalists. And they're all over the internet now. And uh, from what I've seen, they're very tame. It's the kind of thing if you found your partner was doing, you'd be pretty pissed off with him or her. Would you leave them? I don't know. Flirtatious stuff, I think. Um, but but uh, again, nothing I've ever been involved in myself, so I don't know. The Times, aid convoy deaths put Gaza ceasefire at risk, warns Biden. That's self-explanatory. Biden has been speaking overnight about the 112 people killed who had um, come to the uh, trucks to receive aid. As I said, con- conflicting reports about that. Joe Biden saying that this may put a ceasefire at risk. It was suggested that maybe this weekend, maybe this coming Monday, a ceasefire would be announced. Also on the front page of the Times, nothing to stop another police killer like Cousins. We'll talk very briefly about this in a second. Uh, What's that about Cousins? Well, it's about Wayne Cousins. The Daily Mirror, Everard murder, cops failings. How many more are still hiding in plain sight. And what that's about is this. Wayne Cousins was a, was a police officer when he murdered uh, Sarah Everard, who was walking home um, from, from a friend's house near Clapham Common. And he was off duty, Wayne Cousins, and she was stopped by him, and he identified himself as a police officer. He handcuffed her and put her in his car. He drove her near Dover, where he raped and strangled her and then burned her body and disposed of her remains. This guy is a monster, right? Um, this horrendous that anything like this could happen. We've had a report now, an official report, into the circumstances around the murder. And the report itself is horrifying because it reveals that this guy had been accused many times of sexual abuse. He'd been accused of rape Um, Long before now, he used his status as a police officer to kidnap and murder Sarah Everard. Um, His alleged offending went back 20 years. Two allegations of rape, sexually assaulting a girl who was barely in her teens, and many complaints of indecent exposure. This guy should never have made it into the ranks of the police force. And the report was headed up by Lady Angelini, a former Lord Advocate of Scotland, 
And she says there may be other victims of this guy yet to come forward. So this is horrific, this. There's no doubt about this. It's absolutely horrific. And the papers are speculating today how many more misogynistic creeps may be hiding in plain sight and may be serving as police officers today. It's a good question. Um, The Daily Metro headline, Goodbye, my old pal. Dave Meyer has passed away. You might be a fan of the Hairy Bikers. Dave was one of the... um, Harry Bikers along with Sai King uh, he's passed away, he was battling cancer, I only ever watched the Harry Bikers once or twice but they were a very convivial duo weren't they uh, uh, Sai King and Dave Meyer very down to earth uh, uh, very natural guys um, Home Cooks who uh, made it big in the Harry Bikers television series so again a number of papers uh, including the Daily Star, which leads with my best friend is on a journey that for now I can't follow. That's about the hairy bikers. Daily Express, this can't go on. 1.4 million granted UK visas last year. So that's another migration story. And let's finish with the I. 2P tax cut in doubt after gloomier forecast on UK economy. The Chancellor of the Exchequer will announce the spring budget next week. And this is another one of these trailing stories speculating about what might be and what might not be in the budget. You're listening to the papers as I speak to you, as I record this. It is 6.28 here in Salford. That's 06.28. Oh, my God, as Robin Williams famously said in full. He didn't say it in full metal jacket. You see, it's very early. He said it in Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, my God, it's early. Let's go inside the papers. Telegraph. BBC's Justin Webb broke impartiality rules by calling trans women males. Justin Webb is one of the presenters of the BBC Radio 4 Today programme. It's the flagship programme, the news programme. It airs between 6 and 9am Monday to Friday. It's on air now, in fact. Well, why did Webb break impartiality rules? Well, the corporation, the BBC, has upheld a complaint against him after he said trans women, in other words, males, on the BBC Radio 4 programme last August. A listener complained that the comment amounted to Webb giving his personal view on a controversial matter, which is in breach of the BBC's requirements on impartiality. The BBC's editorial complaints unit, the ECU, agreed, saying, quote, it gave the impression of endorsing one viewpoint in a highly controversial area. Now, gender-critical activists are not happy. They said that the ruling shows the BBC has lost sight of its statutory duty to be impartial. They have a point, actually, because he made the comment during a discussion about new International Chess Federation guidelines regarding whether being biologically male can give players an advantage in the game. So he actually wasn't giving his own opinion on it, as I would, because I would say transgender women, in other words, men, because I would be giving my opinion, because I do give my opinion on the Richie Allen show. I don't promise to be impartial, uh, not during the monologues in, in any case. I try to be impartial when I'm interviewing my guests. But he was making the point because he was discussing whether biologically male people have an advantage in a game against biologically female people, which I don't think they do. I think that's ridiculous. So he had to say, you know, transgender women, in other words, males, because he was making the point to underline 
what the argument was all about. But anyway, the BBC has upheld the complaint and they've gone and given a warning, not to Webb, but to the producers of the Today Show. They've gone to them and said, look, you've got to be careful now when talking about trans women. So that's interesting. That's inside the Telegraph. This is even more interesting. My thespian pal, your one, your one, uh, Jean Anne Crowley, the great Jean Anne in Cleggan, will be very interested in this. Steve Coogan sued over Richard III film's devious portrayal. Now, as somebody who's very interested in libel law, and as somebody who's got to be very careful on the Richie Allen show, when people make claims about other people, they've got to jump in there. We've got to check it and double check it and triple check it. This is very interesting. I haven't seen the film. Have you? The Lost King, it came out two years ago. It tells the story of Philippa Langley, a woman who became obsessed with finding uh, the, the resting place of Richard III. Okay. And his remains were discovered beneath a Leicester car park in 2012, more than 500 years after his death. So the film... The Lost King tells the story of the discovery. Now, Richard Taylor, the former deputy registrar of the University of Leicester, is suing Steve Coogan, who produced and wrote the film, as well as suing the production company Baby Cow and Passe Productions. He's suing them, Richard Taylor, over the way that he has been portrayed by Coogan in the film. At a hearing in the High Court which the actor himself didn't attend, William Bennett KC, representing Taylor, said that the university administrator had been depicted as, quote, dismissive, patronising and misogynistic towards Langley. In written submissions to Judge Jaron Lewis, Bennett said that in the film, Langley was portrayed as the gutsy underdog heroine struggling against opposition and the claimant was portrayed as the arrogant villain. The barrister said that in the film, the Taylor character not only takes steps to make sure that people do not know about her role, that's Langley, but takes credit, which was rightfully hers, for himself and the university. Now, Taylor is the chief operating officer at Lockborough University these days. Uh, His barrister said he was also shown as devious and weasel-like, and a suited bean counter. The barrister said that Taylor was portrayed as mocking Richard III's disability and linking physical deformity with wickedness or moral failings. Now, Coogan and the production companies are defending the claim. Their barrister, Andrew Caldicott, says that the production is a feature film, not a documentary. And he said it would be clear to the ordinary reasonable viewer that the film is not a documentary, it is a dramatisation of events. The concept of fictional films based on real events is not a new one. And he also denied that Taylor was depicted as being sexist or misogynistic, adding that the character in the film was concerned about Langley's amateur status and lack of historical expertise and not her gender. I'm fascinated by this and how this will end up because this will have repercussions for how films that are based on real events, how they are made in the future. This guy is absolutely devastated, this guy. And he 
says, he basically, he sat down to watch this film, Richard Taylor, and saw a depiction of him on screen that is completely not how he is in real life and is completely not how the events went down, basically. That he wasn't misogynistic towards this woman, Langley, and that he didn't treat her badly, and that he didn't try to take credit for things that, that you know, that solely belonged to her. So it's very interesting, this, isn't it? We often make this point, myself and the future missus, when you watch films that are supposed to be based on real events. We often say beforehand, well, you know, how much of this is actually what happened and how much of it is left up to the imagination of the writers and the filmmakers and the directors. So it's interesting that. We'll keep an eye on that one. Might even look for an interview with the uh, guy Richard Taylor himself. Very interesting. The Express claims an exclusive just stop oil's secret plot to target MPs' homes in major security threat is the headline. So just stop oil, you know who they are, you know what that group is. They want the government to scrap new oil and gas licenses because we're all going to burn to death in climate change or in climate catastrophe. Well, these people are mad, you know, they glue themselves to roads, they deface paintings and all manner of stupidity. Um, so in order that we listen to them, you know, that climate apocalypse is coming. The Express infiltrated a secret Just Stop Oil meeting arranged to discuss messaging around the group's new campaign, which is called Stop Tory Oil. And they discussed going to the houses of MPs to doorstep them if MPs don't do as Just Stop Oil wants them to do. The meeting took place online. The Express sent an inf- had an infiltrator join in with the meeting and has now contacted the police to tell the police these people are planning to turn up at the doors, uh, on the doorsteps even, of MPs and this is dangerous and this is a security breach. So they've contacted the Labour Party, the Tory Party and the police, say the, the, the uh, Daily Express, and that this is a big problem for MPs. You know, the idea that MPs' addresses would be out there and that activists from any cause or campaign could go and doorstep MPs. And, of course, this plays into a lot of recent coverage about mob rule and all of that bollocks uh, around Palestinian protests and stuff. So that's the express there. The government is promising to do something about mob rule and about protests, isn't the government? Um, what else is there? This one in the mirror, and you can read this for free on mirror.co.uk, and it kind of made me giggle this morning. I thought it might make you giggle, or it might make you scream in rage. 300 traumatised hospital workers go on strike over unpaid COVID bonus for risking lives. Where's Amy when you need her? What kind of fuckery is this? What? This is a collection of porters, cleaners, switchboard operators and cooks who are striking because they haven't received a COVID bonus for risking their lives that they were promised during the pandemic working at hospitals in the Midlands. Working for hospitals run by the Dudley Group NHS Foundation Trust. They say we were promised for coming in and for cleaning and for cooking and for changing beds 
and for answering the phones in the midst of a deadly, globe-threatening pandemic. We were promised a bonus, basically, and we haven't received it, so they're striking now. (laughs) We risked our lives. So we did. We didn't have the proper PPE. We, we, We were terrified going home to our children that we might give them the deadly COVID. We are suffering post-traumatic traumatic depression, they are saying. Post-traumatic stress. Yeah. And we have depression and all of these things and we haven't received our bonus, our COVID bonus. And the Mirror article, um, it, it names many of these people, like Denise Stevens, and uh, what she did and where she works and what she does. And a number of her colleagues are named and they want their money. They want their money. They want a lump sum of £1,655 for risking their lives and going to work during the COVID. It's mental, isn't it? It's mad shit, isn't it, really? So 300 300 of them on strike now. Wonderful. The Sun. Planet Girth, not Planet Earth. Planet Girth, do you get it? More than a billion people around the world are now obese. Mother of divine Jesus. By the way, I got a fright when I read this story. If you'd have said to me, What's the population of planet Earth, Richie? I would have said, around 7 billion, is it? I would have said to you. I would have asked you the question, because I wouldn't have known. It isn't. It's about 7.9 billion, nearly 8 billion on Earth right now. And more than 1 billion, so that's one-eighth of the global population, is obese. That's crazy, isn't it? Obesity rates have rocketed since 1990. Uh, doubling in adults and quadrupling in children and teenagers. I understand why it's quadrupling in children and teenagers. Because kids are less likely today to be involved in weekend sports. I've read this in a number of papers. Irish papers, British papers, left wing, right wing. They're all agreed that in 2024, children are far less likely now to do what I did when I was a kid. I was booted out of the house three, four nights a week to go training. You know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, specifically, go and train with my my football team, my juvenile football team. Saturday mornings, Sundays, I was playing. You know, I was out playing, travelling around County Waterford, playing, winning more, or winning about as many as we lost, it must be said. And we were fit, and kids are far less likely to be doing it today. I'm not saying kids are not doing it. There are plenty of associations and clubs, basketball, football, rugby union, rugby league here in the UK, gymnastics, of course. Yes, kids are still doing it, but not as many as, uh, you, you know, not, not in the numbers uh, as did it when I was a young lad. Wow. So, yeah, 879 million obese adults and 159 million obese youngsters. And again, uh, the story gets into the processed food, a lot of talk about processed food, ultra-processed foods this week in the press. High in sugar, high in salt, very low in nutritional value. And if you've got a lot of static children, and even static adults, because again, I'm going to say this, I, I began my current running regime in late 2014. I got up one morning, and I've been, I had been fit my entire life. But I'd spent nearly nine years in Spain came back to the UK in 2013 and had put on quite a bit of weight. I wasn't at the obese level, but you would have said overweight, very overweight. Big pudgy face on me and had a big belly hanging over over the jeans and it wasn't who I was. 
I said to myself in the mirror, it's not who you are, Richie. You know, you've been fit your entire life. So ditch the crappy food and get back out on the road. And I've been running ever since, 10 years now. I weigh today about 13 stone 10 pounds. And I am 6 foot 6 inches tall. So if you, if you look at me, if you meet me in person, most people say to me, God, you look very thin. You're tall and thin. Annie, I'm not bragging about it. point I'm making is, when I began running in 2014, I was pleasantly surprised at how many men and women, and by men and women I don't mean young men and women, I mean middle-aged men and women like me, who are out running around the parks and running on the streets. It's far less now. I wonder did the scamdemic have anything to do with that? But there are far less, I see far less. You know, I would sometimes jokingly stick out my hand and get a high five off somebody I was running past. You know, and every now and then I would see somebody who was a bit heavy, say. And you'd know by the look of a person if you could say anything, you know. And I might be running across a bridge in Media City and I would see somebody. And they might be a bit heavy. And I would, I know, I would say to them, you know, keep going, you're doing really well, you know. And I'd get a thumbs up or a smile. And I, I used to like to think, I've, I've made somebody's day there, you know. Keep going, you know. I spoke to a guy one morning who was doubled over, he was very heavy. And I showed him a photo, I took my phone off of my arm and I showed him a picture of me in Spain. And I said, look, this was me. You're on the right path, don't worry about it. You know, if you're too knackered to continue, stop, go home, come back out tomorrow and do it again and do it again. Anyway, look, I digress, I digress. Less people out running. Less people out exercising. You don't have to run, you can take a dog out for a walk. And children undoubtedly not doing as much as children used to do. And this is a huge problem. And I would say it's also a massive problem for the mental well-being of children. It's got to be. You know, I looked forward to nothing more when I was a kid than going and playing sports and games, organised or otherwise. Whether they were organised by associations or whether me and my mates went knocking on doors to our other mates to tell them, get out, get, get off your arse and get out. Jumpers for goalposts, we're going to play football for two or three hours. You don't see as much of it going on anymore. Anyway, that's kind of it for the papers. I'm looking at the BBC News website. Galloway wins Rochdale by-election. Yes. Um, More than 100 die in crowd near Gaza aid convoy. That's getting a lot of coverage today. As I said, the BBC is also covering the obesity uh, story. And also a fascinating story. And you might want to read this. BBC News website is free to read. Mystery sea creature discovered in UK waters. It's a kind of a sea slug thing. It has feathery gills on one side of its body. It looks very weird. A new species of sea slug has been discovered and they've given it some unpronounceable name because that's what scientists do instead of calling it, I don't know, Michael or something or Bertie or if you don't want to be a misogynist, call it Lucy. They've called it Pleurobranchia Britannica, they've called it. Pleurobranchia Britannica, which is ridiculous, but anyway. Look, that's it for the papers. Thank you for downloading and listening to it. I am back. Uh, This podcast will return this coming Monday at the usual time, meaning it'll be uploaded uh, around about 7am in the morning. Uh, The Richie Allen Show will be on air this coming Monday at 4 o'clock. But if you want to hear me before then, Sunday Morning Melodies will be on air. It's live and interactive uh, this coming Sunday morning at the usual time of 10am. All I can say now is have a wonderful weekend. Slán Gafol. Bye now.